The man the Queen of England has described as her rock has died at age 99. Buckingham Palace says Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, died earlier today. He retired from public duties in 2017 and had rarely been seen in public since. But prior to that, he spent decades serving the crown, his queen, and of course his charities that we've been hearing about this morning. And as part of his duties, he also traveled a lot, including Greg, 10 times to Manitoba. And those trips, Loren, are heavily and were heavily scheduled. And on many of them, our next guest was not only helping to organize the itinerary for the Queen and Prince uh, Philip, he would visit with them as well. Dwight McCauley is the former Chief of Protocol for the province of Manitoba. Dwight, always a pleasure to hear your voice, sir. I feel as though I should be offering you condolences on the loss of someone you met several <laughs> times today. Would that be fair? Uh, well, well, sure it would be. It would be fair to offer it to the whole country, I think, really. Uh, no, it was sad news, obviously, uh, but not unexpected. I mean, uh, Prince Philip has been in failing health for um, for the last several months, as has been on the news uh, many, many times. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's certainly sad. But as I mentioned, not not really unexpected. He was just a couple of months shy, almost exactly a couple of months shy of his hundredth birthday in June. And uh, yeah, it's and as you mentioned, he did visit Manitoba many times. Now. I don't know if I really had a chance to visit with him, but I certainly met uh, Prince Philip several times as well during his visits here. What sort of stuff, while you were involved in the organizing of of some of his visits, uh, what sort of stuff did you uh, help out with? Well, his visits here that uh, I can uh, recall was uh, when he visited the community of St. Agathe, he was certain that was due to the flood of 1997, and he came here just shortly after the flood had subsided. Uh, he was here in 2010 with the Queen, by the way, the visit to St. Agathe, Prince Philip came on his own, but he was here in 2002 with uh, with the Queen. He was here in 2010. He was here in two, uh, 1984, I believe. And also, before I became the Chief of Protocol, Prince Philip and the family, uh, most of the family anyways, visited Manitoba during Manitoba Centennial in 1970. Uh, as was mentioned, I think, earlier, he's been... He was here for the opening of the Pan American Games in 1967, and he also came here before uh, Queen Elizabeth became the Queen, when when she was uh, Princess Elizabeth. That was in 1951. Now, those earlier visits I wasn't involved with, but but uh, it was a pleasure to meet him, and he um, he had a great uh, affection for for meeting young people. He liked uh, to meet young people. He was, took part in the opening of the uh, Red River Community College downtown campus. You know, one thing that I think cannot be emphasized enough: one of his legacies and perhaps his primary legacy, will be the Duke of Edinburgh Awards. Uh, Prince Philip created the Duke of Edinburgh Awards not to celebrate people, young people that that invented a cure for anything or that went on to win an Olympic medal or what have you, really just to get young people to be the best people they can be for themselves, for their family, and for their community. And, uh, and of course, also, if I may just mention one other point about Prince Philip that certainly stands out in my mind, was... Um, he was a Navy man. He, he loved meeting people who were in the military or who had served in the military. You could always just see that, that sparkle in his eye when he was having a conversation with these people. Yeah, you mentioned this legacy with young people that was mentioned by the Queen in her statement that she gave to uh, the UK Prime Minister and just to the idea that there's a legacy there with the youth that he met. And I'm curious, when you were organizing some of those um, different stops along his tour, Dwight, and, and you got a chance to see how it would go over. H- how much stress went in for you just trying to keep up with all the different rules that are in place? Because protocol's in your title, and man, if any institution has protocol, it's the monarchy. So there, was there a long list of things that had to be sort of checked off that would fit what they wanted to have happen as well? 
Oh, certainly. There's, there's a long list of things that, uh, that they require. You know, when, when, there's a, when you're organizing a royal visit, you want to do something that shows off your best uh, features, that is the province's best, best features, but it also has to be of interest to them. And, uh, you know, I was, I was uh, fortunate enough to be involved in, in many different visits that they, that they had here, uh, including uh, the, the one that involved the, the infamous boat being stuck in the <laughs> middle of the Red River. But, uh, but that aside, we, we had just a great success uh, with, uh, with royal visits here. And, and the people just love to meet uh, Prince Philip or Her Majesty. They, you could just see the, the people literally would just light up when they, when they had a chance to say hello. So, Dwight, maybe you can't tell us, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Uh, one of the, our favorite things over the years has been to learn more about athletes behind the scenes and uh, more microphones on the field so that you can sort of hear. Uh, curling's a great example. We get to hear the curlers uh, making their strategy live in real time. Once the door of that limousine closes, is there is there any sort of... Ah, well, that's a sigh of relief. We're done with that. Is there is there any easing of the of the protocol of of being royal? Do they ever let their hair down uh, before they they are essentially behind closed doors, so to speak? Well, I, I, I'm sure they did. The behind closed closed door stuff. I only only had a glimpse of it a couple of times. One thing that struck me is I, I think they both had a have a very good sense of humor. Uh, you know, they seem to. Uh, uh, and if, I think you really have to have a good sense of humor in their uh, positions, because uh, certainly they uh, they run, must run into all kinds of circumstances that uh, maybe they find amusing, but to the organizers, maybe not so much. So in terms of the protocol, uh, there are certain things that are expected, uh, certain ways that you're supposed to behave certain ways. If there was ever a breach of that protocol, like if things went happened that shouldn't have happened, would there be any sort of like sanctions or consequences that would be meted out? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I, I'm, no, I, I don't think so. It would depend, I guess, what what had happened. But uh, uh, hey, I was involved in the boat incident, and I'm still here. <laughs> well, well, let's talk about that boat incident because if people don't recall, I covered that story. Um, you said back 2002. I want to. Is that correct? That's the, correct, yes. Right, so it was on the boat. They were taking the taxi across the river, and then the boat basically just stalled. And, man, you know, everybody else here in Canada were like, oh, it was just a couple minutes, no big deal. I'm sure you were stressed out. But, man, did the U.K. media, the English media, have a field day with that, uh, talking about how it was outrageous that she was stranded in the river, and the, nobody offered her a warm blanket and all sorts of things, Dwight. So you know? as that's happening, what is going through your head? Uh, well, I think what was going through my head at that at that very moment, I was in the, the boat just behind uh, the Queen's <laughs> boat, uh, Queen and Prince Philip's boat. I think what was going through my head at the time was, uh, with any luck, there'll be a bolt of lightning strike me and send me to the bottom of the river because I didn't really want to catch up with with that boat. But uh, you know, you just have to um, you just have to grin and bear it. I mean, these things happen. Uh, by the way, just uh, so you know, uh, that going across the river in the water taxi was never my idea. That was from her her side of the fence from Her Majesty's side. I believe it was her equity that, that came up with that idea. But, but you know, it happened, and uh, I guess that's one thing I'll probably always be, be tagged with, is that, is that uh, famous or infamous boat incident. But, uh, it, you know, it, it's really unfortunate, but it happens. Dwight, the twins do the same thing. It wasn't my idea. It was his idea. <laughs> oh, oh, you've heard that story. <laughs> but you, you've said, Dwight, that they laughed about it when they came back on their second visit and you reminded them of it or someone reminded them of it that they apparently, you know, it wasn't a, a bad memory for them. Yes, well, uh, I had a chance to uh, remind uh, them of uh, of the incident when they came back in 2010. 
I actually had a chance for a, a private moment with them at, uh, at Government House. Uh, this is actually when, one of the great things that happened to me. I was being presented with an honor by Her Majesty. But once I had this, uh, this medal in my hand, I, I said, Your Majesty, thank you for not mentioning the boat. And, uh, and they both had a laugh, and they said, uh, yes, it was, it was quite memorable. Well, and you have to imagine, too, they probably feel compassion, right, because they know how stressed out everyone else around them would have been in that moment. A- absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, it's, um, it, it's hard to know. Even in the very moment, it's hard to know how it's going to end because we actually wound up dragging that boat, uh, the boat I was in. We wound up, and I and the, and the Queen's uh, equerry uh, wound up holding on to the, uh, to the rim of both boats to drag it across the river. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just one of those things. We have a great question here from listener Scott. Lots of Canadians fly Canadian flags in their yard, on their businesses, uh, buildings that they own. And Scott wants to know, what is the protocol for flags today and maybe for the next several days here? Can you help us with that at all, well, Dwight? Yeah, I, I think most people, out of a sign of respect, uh, show uh, would lower their flags to half-mast, just, uh, just out of respect. And usually they would stay, stay down until the, uh, the service or the funeral for, uh, for Prince Philip. Uh, now, I don't know if they've announced when that'll be. I doubt it. They will probably announce that in the next day or so. But, uh, yeah, they would keep their flags at half-mast until, uh, until that time. What's an ensign? I, I've, I feel completely uh, lost here. Scott's also asking, should I raise and lower the ensign, too? Is that, a, is that something you're familiar with, Dwight? Well, if he's referring to the red ensign, the, uh, you know, the provincial uh, flag, uh, yes, you'd lower, you'd lower your flags, uh, flags being plural. To, uh, to half mass. Dwight McCauley is the former Chief of Protocol for Manitoba, joining us live on 680 CJOB on the death of Prince Philip. Dwight, thank you so much for the time. This was a pleasure, a pleasure, sir. Always a pleasure. Bye for now. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.